Welcome to the 1L2N Podcast. I am Amy, and we are joined by some very questionable people today. Missy? What? Mike? Me? Tumay? Who? And our special questionable guest, Liam. Yo. <laughs> oh, oh, that was, that that was, was deep. That was <laughs> close. You should have been like, yo? well we are a family of creatives going through the story writing process and we are bringing you along for all of our shenanigans hello everybody now i have been informed by a few of you that and by a few i mean on the podcast that i missed how was everyone doing this week last week and i apologize because apparently there's some juicy things to tell so everyone how was your week two weeks ago and also this week I don't remember two weeks ago last week I had midterms and I've been doing a lot of studying and prepping and because of Amy's recommendation not recommendation constant pestering I My listened wow. I listened to the critical role campaign too while I was making my study guides and um <laughs> yeah it's really good so i i do highly recommend it amy was not wrong it is very fun and entertaining and it makes you laugh a bunch and very interested and good improv good storytelling especially if you're looking for improv and sticking to characters and stuff i would definitely recommend it it's that perfect thing to put on in the background especially when you're oh, like yeah. walking you're like yeah i'm yeah. walking whatever I'm well, doing I, this. So I'm making I dinner. blew through a bunch of episodes in a week because I walked to school, which takes about 45 to 50 minutes. And then I was at the library a bunch and then I work at night. So I'm listening to it then. So I just had like 10 hours of listening to it, you know, every day <laughs> for like three or four days in a row, which is several episodes. Each episode's about three and a half, four hours. So yeah. I got really far ahead and caught up on it. It was, it was interesting. I'm going to take a break from it. Yeah, that's smart. Do a little variety There's stuff, but yeah. only what 143 episodes, so yeah, it'll think, still be there waiting for you. Exactly, I'm on episode like 30 <laughs> or 31 or something like that. Not even maybe. I don't wow, know. I mean, you still made some progress. Holy, yeah. yeah. So that's my week. I will say about Critical Role is that I thought Dungeons and Dragons was something totally different, and when Tommy actually was the one that got me on it, it took me a little bit, and then once I started watching it, I realized like. Oh, I understand now that Dungeons and Dragons is not just, I just thought it was people in combat all the time. Like that's the only thing they did. And I didn't realize there was a lot of like imagination and role playing and like comedy that you can get out of it. And so when I started watching, it, I was like, wait, this is not what I expected at all. So it, it was really cool. And I think we all now that have watched Critical Role are like, God, I want to play some Dungeons and Dragons now. Pretty much. Because <laughs> it just <laughs> seems so much fun. Something like a, you know, I feel like we've been missing out on it, you know? Liam, I know that <clears throat> I skipped our story last week that we had our magical journey for burgers. Would you like to explain what happened? Oh, my. So we just left the mall because we were watching the Batman. And so we, we parked in some random parking lot and we're thinking about, oh, what, what do we get? What do we want to eat? And I was like, I want to eat a burger. So then we spent like 10 to 20 minutes looking at dozens of different burger places. And that took too long. And so then we were there and Amy said the burger joint a few times. I was like, you know what? Screw it. Let's just go to the burger joint. 
Which is um, a place, not just like a random. Yeah, it's a place called the Burger Joint. Um, yeah. Oh, and I should emphasize, we wanted an actual burger, not like fast food burger as well. Yeah, and that's why it took us a bit longer, because there's a lot of fast food burger, but a lot of the real burgers were like farther away. So the Burger Joint, it seems kind of close. So it was only like a few miles away. And so we kept on driving, or just, you know, doing a normal thing, just talking about the movie, driving, talking about how badly we want burgers. As we notice, we see more and more signs that have to, um, talking about just ahead, you know, the airport terminal. I was like, this is, this is kind of fishy, you know, this is, Emi, Emi was the one that actually started noting, noticing that things were getting a bit fishy. And we started noticing, you know, a lot of large structures, a lot of cars with different state license plates, a lot of like weird things going on, right? You know what I mean? Like, explain how how it was going, Amy. Well, I mean, we. <laughs> <laughs> it was just like there was more and more signs pointing to the airport, and I was like, "Are are you taking us to the airport?" Because Liam was the one in charge of directions. <laughs> <laughs> and so he was like yeah turn right turn right and i was like i feel like we're going towards the airport there's a lot of signs and i was like i think that's the the yeah i think that's the airport over there and so then and so then eventually we ended up up at the fucking airport <laughs> <laughs> like we pulled in and it was the straight terminal and like it didn't it didn't take you i guess it's inside of the airport which is fine whatever but it didn't the directions didn't take you to like where it is, I guess, in the airport. It just said airport like it was there. <laughs> and <laughs> so we pulled into like the, the drop off departures or whatever. And when we pulled off up there, it had said like we had reached our destination. And what was it that it said? It said, it said, Bon Appetit, you have arrived. <laughs> and we just see a bunch of big buses around us just trying to drop off people and take other people. It's like, this is not, this doesn't look like it's it. And so that eventually, once we finally realized that we were at the airport, we were like, okay, now we got to go find an, another place. And so then I, I put in a place for a direction that would have just lead, led us right back to the mall. And so then I realized, let's not do that because we were just at the mall. <laughs> And then we found, oh, what's this place? I've I've never heard of it. Or I've, yeah, I've never or I've heard of it, but let's go. I don't know what it's like. And then she realized it was a um fast food because there is a drive-through. And then I realized I walk past this place literally every day from school. <laughs> and I had no idea what it was. And we were oh, like, never good. mind. We're not getting burgers. This is it. We're we're just we're going to Wawa. That's it. It's Y'all fine. Should have stuck with the mall. They have several different burger places there yeah but we had already driven out and it was a whole thing and you didn't want to drive back those 50 and there's feet. just a, it's a bunch of people in the mall a fast food place too? that's true no no it's like a sit-down place i thought the burger joint was a fast food like you walk up to the counter and order off of well, yeah, yeah well, i mean yeah, you order a but menu that, but they have like it's actually it's real burgers yeah, it's like <laughs> it's real, real yeah. burgers. <laughs> no, they got good shakes burgers. too. Should have gone yeah. to Zen Burger. I didn't want to go into the mall because it's just a bunch of people and it takes forever to get stuff, especially on a weekend where the Batman just came out. Yeah, we were and like, so, yeah, let's true. not eat. In there. It's not. It's, it's, it's too not crowded. Yeah, I think everywhere is too crowded personally, but that's that's <laughs> why <laughs> you live in the mountains. Yeah, <laughs> we. You're saying you live in the mountains and you still think everywhere is too crowded? So many many mountains. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) I see people once every couple days 
And I'm like, that's too many of the like, people. I don't I like agree. this. Yeah. So the <laughs> let's go higher. <laughs> so wait, are all of us too many people? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Good. My per my perfect number of people is me. Isn't your wife and sitting Aaron? in the room with you? No, she went outside. She can't hear me. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Aaron, I'm going to text you. <laughs> I was really hoping Aaron was there. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, I have to say, over the course of these two weeks, I've been getting, one, nothing done by playing Elden Ring, and two, <laughs> pondering three very important questions. One, which has awesome scientific ba- uh, 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 backup towards it. So I'm going to pull that up. I'm going to ask you these three questions, okay? Oh, boy. The first one is, what do you think the most important meal of the day is? I mean, breakfast? I, okay. But not because it's the most important meal. It's because this is the most delicious meal. Okay. Okay, I do agree with that. Yeah, breakfast foods all day. Dinner? Because it's like other. the only meal I eat. <laughs> Dinner? Liam, if you were to guess lunch, there's no way you get this wrong, because then lunch. you all have three meals picked out. Lunch. Lunch? Okay, perfect. So I'm going to read the scientific paper. It says, scientific paper by Tommy Gogan. And it just <laughs> says bagels. That's so weird. <laughs> that's so yeah. weird. Um, You know what? I'm going to have to agree with you. That's so weird that that's that the most important meal of the day. Very short bagels. abstract. That's oh, my God. It doesn't even ask the question. It just says Did bagels. Did that go through a rigorous double-blind peer review process? You have no idea. <laughs> oh, my. It was tough. Anyway, since what I was thinking was about... In? No, no. Next one. <laughs> and since okay. I was thinking about... Since I was thinking about food while having a bagel, I was having some Cheez-Its with this bagel. And I was looking on the back of the Cheez-It box. And I was reading the advertisement for it saying real zesty cheese made with 100% real cheese. And it just like keeps reaffirming you that there's real cheese in these Cheez-Its. Who do you think that advertisement is for? Who's reading the back of the Cheez-It boxes? That's this. Yeah, is a, usually I, if you're getting Cheez-Its, you don't care what's in it. You just are like, let me get Cheez-Its. Yeah, because uh, like, legitimately whose kids are begging them for this snack food and the mom's like let me take a look at this first what's well, like an actual this is that was an actual question it's like we're trying to figure <laughs> out marketing <laughs> for our whole business and then i read the back of the cheese box and i'm like why are they spending money on this like i don't think i would here, ever read it here is my idea okay and this may or may not be right it's probably not because i don't know I think that they need to fill space on the box to make it look like there's mm. enough information there. And it's not just like, here's Cheez-Its, here's your little like nutritional thing. They want to give it so that when you look at it, you're like, oh, I need to keep reading this. And by the time you've read enough of it, you're like, I just don't want to put it back. I, there's more to read. Let me throw it in the cart. <laughs> well, okay. They've got a lot of information here. It must be a good product. And, and obviously, yeah, advertising real cheese makes it be like, oh, well, it's not fake cheese. So that's that's pretty good. Yeah, uh, we did buy eggs and they were like cage free, vegetarian fed, which they always taste better for me personally. Like, you know, having real eggs versus just white eggs that you get in a store. But on the eggs, it said hormone free. And then it had some asterisks. And then you looked and it's like, it's illegal to feed chickens with hormones. And it was like, well, then why'd you put it on there? Like, you can't do it, but you put it on there as an advertising saying, hey, we didn't do this. It's healthier. Well, it's like when you get a jug of milk and they're like, gluten free. Of course it's gluten free. Gluten yeah. isn't in milk and it's not an <laughs> ingredient. Like, yeah. 
Uh, you know what? It's it just is. scheming. Yeah. It's buzzwords. Well, I also think it's like if people are, I will say this, if people are new to needing to be gluten-free or they're like, oh, crap, my friend's gluten-free, like, can they drink milk? Can I get milk for them? Can I drink this milk myself? And they're like, oh, yeah, it's gluten-free. Like, I, I doubt a lot. I think a lot of people don't really want to research the ingredients too heavily. So maybe if they see, oh, 100% cheese, they're like, yeah, sure, cool, whatever. <laughs> yeah. I guess they're like, sense. oh, gluten-free. Yeah, great. Sure, no hormones. Great. I'm not even going to read the fine print. Perfect. <laughs> and for me, I never read ingredients lists unless I'm buying with somebody in mind, like Missy being pescatarian, like her, like a lot of the dips and stuff that we like with veggies have meat products in them, even yeah, if it's just like an onion. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. so I'll read it for her if I'm getting something specifically for her, but if I'm getting it for myself, I don't care. Whatever. Just I'm num num. <laughs> have food shove face all right Tommy what what was the other well this actually while I was eating a bagel with Cheez-Its dad was watching a sitcom hold on wait yeah I think we're glossing over that real quick did you put the Cheez-Its on the bagel yes I did while I was eating a bagel Cheez-It bagel I (laughs) overheard dad wait was the bagel did it have cream cheese on it (laughs) yes so you have a bagel and then cream Cream cheese cheese. and then Cheez-Its a cream cheese 200% cheese a cream cheese cheese bagel cream cheese a cream cream cheese bagel bagel. that sounds disgusting (laughs) it was fucking awesome it was so good um while i was eating this no no we're not delicious sandwich why (laughs) um dad was watching a sitcom i don't know what it was but i was thinking about the laugh track, right? And how distinct it is. And then I was thinking, oh God, someone has to has to edit these in. What do you think the sanity level of the editors of these shows that have to put the laugh tracks in are? Uh, like, do you think they have yeah. a mind of steel trap or do you think they're gone? I, I think they probably have lost it. And then they just are laughing at the silence that they hear before they put the <laughs> laugh track in. And that kind of makes it better for them to put the laugh track in. It's like, I have friends. Okay. They're oh. laughing with me. <laughs> well, maybe that's how they determine where they need to put the laugh track in. As they're like, ah, that's funny. Let me put it in here. And they're like, oh, that wasn't funny. Let me also put it in here. <laughs> well, it, so have you guys yeah. ever watched an actual recording of a sitcom without the laugh track in it? <laughs> yes. It's no, rough. I have They The scripts are written with the cues to pause. So you listen to them say a single line, and then there's this five, six seconds of silence. Then they say another line, and there's three seconds of silence. Like, it's horrible. And the stuff isn't funny at all without the laugh track. So the people who are editing it know when to put it in because it's just silence, and they fill it with laughter. (laughs) It's cringy. Are there a lot of shows recorded in front of a studio audience anymore? I don't know. There's probably a few. I would definitely say there's a few, but for the most part, it's... Well, I'm wondering if they take the idea of, like, you've recorded in front of a live studio audience, and you see when they laugh a bunch, and the actors are playing off the audience a little bit, and then you just add a little bit more laugh track to it. Mm. Interesting. Because I know, like, like, things like, whose line is it anyways, obviously, like, that show would not work with a laugh track. Right. That's got a little bit more of a... You have to have that audience. show vibe, even though yeah. it isn't a game yeah. show. But yeah, yeah. From an an actual scripted perspective, aside from like your nighttime variety shows, you don't get so much live audience stuff anymore. 
because when you have you know the canned laughter you can control it you don't have that one person sitting in the audience hyperventilating because they think something's so funny i would laugh at everything and i'd be like who the fuck get her out of here (laughs) like (laughs) that could become a hilarious bit to reflect on in like an evening variety show or whose line or whatever like they can immediately break character and like address that and laugh it and everyone's having a good time right but in in a scripted like sitcom show that would ruin the scene they would have to refilm it and refilm and cost time and money and it doesn't have the same kind of effect well i think it's interesting as well because i think it was mike who was saying it how or whoever said it it might be recorded in front of a live audience to get the reactions from the actors to see how they can play off of it. I think it's interesting because that's kind of what theater does is, you know, you rehearse this play, especially if it's a funny play or a funny musical, you rehearse it. And, you know, you have your script going a certain way, but then you have a live audience and they start reacting to things that you didn't even think were funny. And so you kind of have to play off of them off the cuff right then and there. So it's interesting. I guess the idea of having an audience there can really change the direction of a scene or the direction of the script itself based upon what what they find enjoyable or sad or shocking well i know one like classic example of no laugh track is seinfeld they had a a live studio audience so all that laughter that you hear are people actually reacting and you can tell that there's some points in there when they will hold a bit a little bit longer based upon if the audience is really giving into it and considering that they were mostly all comedians or came from like a live acting background like theater that Mm -hmm. it it makes a lot more sense at that point that they're waiting and playing off the audience because if the audience Mm -hmm. is enjoying it as a person at home you're probably going to enjoy it but you can definitely tell when there is a distinct this is not real versus yeah Yeah. something that that is real i also think it's To go back to theater real quick, it also is interesting when you have audiences, it's the same show and you kind of pause because the audience last night laughed at this thing hilariously and then the audience the next night is like dead silent and you're like, oh, okay, all right, never mind. I guess it wasn't funny, was it? So it's weird on that sense too to kind of try to play off of it when you're. it's an ever-moving thing. So I wonder how for television shows that do have a live audience, I mean, I guess the scripts are always changing, but the audience themselves is a key factor. If they're just all grumpy or not having a good day, you know, that might that show might not or that episode might not be as impactful as they wanted it to because the audience could have been off as well or the uh, audience was reacting to it in a different way. I, I do think a lot of times they have warm up comedians and stuff like acts mm-hmm. before a live recording is going to get people in the mood. Because you just you, you when you're doing like a, a comedy show, you don't just have the headliner come out and start doing it. You usually have somebody yeah. warm them up so that they're getting loose and they're like, OK, I'm a little bit relaxed. And then when the headliner comes out, you're already in that. I am expecting comedy. This is going to be fun. Yeah. You know, you don't have to build up to That's it. The smart. energy level's already there. Mm-hmm. They also use cues that you can't see from where the filming is. You know, they'll instruct the audience when to laugh when to clap when to remain silent when to gasp Mm -hmm. to help control Mm -hmm. the scenario do they still do that because i know that's like an olden thing it it depends every every show every production is going to have their own requirements Mm -hmm. so like mike's example with seinfeld they were looking for that genuine audience reaction but 
as time progresses, production studios want to be able to have tighter and tighter control over the product and they want to get it done faster and with as few errors or redos as possible. Interesting. So you were eating a cream cheese at bagel. <laughs> yep. And I thought of these three very important questions whilst eating it. It was, it honestly, I don't think much, but when I do, <laughs> you still some don't. Good questions. So good questions coming out. So, right, well, what other questions you got for yeah. us then? I told you, those are the three questions. My brain doesn't go past three. Hold on, wait. So, question number one was best What's meal the of the most day. Most important meal. Yeah. Yep. And then question number two was laugh tracks? Advertisement no, on cheeses. Oh, advertisement. advertisements on cheeses. I thought that was a side question. No. Like you were no. just reading it. Oh. That was a legitimate question. Oh, okay. The other two were very legitimate questions. <laughs> God. <laughs> <laughs> Those are my questions. What's your favorite side dish to a bagel? Oh. Oh, ho, ho, ho. Eggs and sausage. Sorry, I just got to do nodge. That was cheeky. <laughs> that was cheeky. But favorite side dish to a bagel? Oh, God, I love fucking bagels. I love bagels. More bagels. Okay. I think, I think it's, I think it's oh, just like the, mini bagels. the mini bagels. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a different flavor, bagels though. Bagels with a side of bagel. Mm-hmm. Have you ever had bagel with blueberry butter? No, but I had <laughs> no blueberry, blueberry bagel with thing. regular butter. Mom made blueberry butter. Mm. That stuff slaps, especially on a bagel. There's that oh. word again. It do slaps. You, do you churn blueberries? Is that have you, you not do? churned blueberries? No, I eat them. I shove them in my like face. I do like to mix things possible. into butter. <laughs> Make my yeah, uh, yeah. buttercream stuff. This is right. Anything's possible. Honey butter is the best. We made cornbread last night, and Aaron just oh. took a stick of butter and just drizzled it on top of the entire <laughs> pan of cornbread. It was delicious. Oh, I, she's, she's a, a smart like a woman. Cake, but it's mm-hmm. cornbread. Well, does she make like northern style or southern style? We make from a box style in a cast iron skillet. <laughs> <laughs> Is it sweet or savory? Uh, it's kind of sweet. It's it's like Jiffy so, Mix, like the Jiffy yeah, cornbread okay, okay, stuff. Yeah. yeah, so yeah, it's not it's the stuff that's dry more. that mm-hmm. sucks your soul out through your mouth because the cornbread's yeah. getting stuck up there. That's called yeah. southern. No, actually, southern is like more like cake. No, southern style is saltier and northern style is sweeter. It's like one mm. of the few things that no, it's, northern no, it's does sweeter than the south. I don't know what, which this, one's Because I'm pretty sure it's the opposite. That was I, what All I, I know is that we do sweeter. Sweeter's delicious. Because that's what I thought yeah. as well. And my pastry chef definitely corrected me for, for making that assumption. I don't know which one's which. They're both delicious, though. Well, mm-hmm. I'll take it back. Sweeter cornbread sometimes is a little too much. That is yeah, very cakey. Yeah, I think it's kind of in the middle. It's really... got like a, just a touch of sweetness. Yeah. I mean, cornbread it... in general is just a godsend. I'd say besides bagels, that's my next favorite food is cornbread. cornbread. Fried cornbread it, for breakfast? Fried cornbread? Oh, my God. Mm. <laughs> I, was, I was trying to do a cheeky transition, and I got us so off topic with the cornbread You thing. absolutely yeah, did. You, you, <laughs> you should have picked something gross, but yeah. you picked cornbread, and cornbread's just... You said butter, and then I was like, oh, we had butter last night. And, uh, <laughs> butter, that's an ingredient I've had before. Speaking yeah. of butter, let's talk about comic books. I was going to say, butter is usually a wonderful sidekick to any other dish out there. What are some of your favorite sidekicks? 
that aren't food. <laughs> Actual psychics. <laughs> I just want to say that there's like a great debate going on right now on Google whether Southern cornbread is sweet or not. So I don't even know because I always was taught that it was sweet and Northern was savory. And so I'm just confused now. So I think just eat cornbread how you want to eat it. Let me uh, I ask guess a question it's based on quick. who likes Hey, Aaron, what? is cornbread that's Southern cornbread, is it savory or sweet? Aaron says sweet, but then again, she, I don't think she's ever eaten anything in the North, so it doesn't matter. Aaron's from, wait, Mississippi, right? Mississippi. It's Southern style cornbread. Mississippi. Oh. Okay. She, she was like, it's Jiffy Mix. So. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of great dishes that are sidekicks. Oh. <laughs> listen, Smooth. guys. We're really trying to. Okay, I had a question. And it was smooth gonna, like butter. Now let me tell you, like I love butter that I put on cornbread, <laughs> yeah. which is a great side dish. Have you ever made blueberry mashed butter? <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, sorry, we're going back entirely. Let's talk about. I just want to know if you had a sidekick like the Disney characters, what would your sidekick be? Would it be an animal? Would you have like a small child? Would you have like an old man? Or would you have like a? I don't know. What would your sidekick character be? I would Tommy. have a Tommy cat. would be my sidekick. I yep. <laughs> there we go. And then the sidekick for the sidekick, I would have a cat that is brilliant, like three hundred times smarter than me, giving me advice constantly as I'm going along. Because I love cats, and because I think it would be funny to have a sentient cat giving you advice. That's my sidekick. I put a lot of thought in it. Can you tell? It, if I want a terrible sidekick, like one that's just getting me into trouble, I would have a panda if it's going to be an animal because pandas are pretty dumb and they're very they're so clumsy. useless. Yeah. They just like fall all over the place. And yeah. I can imagine me being a rogue sneaking into somewhere and all of a sudden a panda like trips over every trash can ever and then just like, oops, and then starts eating some bamboo it finds. <laughs> And the bamboo, bamboo is actually the scaffolding and like everything yeah. comes falling down. That's yeah. that these are the horror elements to whatever media you're presenting it in <laughs> is that the panda trips over the trash cans and everyone's with the flashlight at night. They're like, what is this? What is that? And they come to it and he's just sitting there on his ass eating bamboo. <laughs> or stuck on its back, rolling stuck back and forth back. like help. <laughs> Although that could like be a distraction. No. <laughs> As a rogue, it's actually pretty useful to have a character, a side character, sidekick, whatever. That is a distraction. Yeah, especially when they draw everybody's attention when they did not need to draw it ahead of time. <laughs> I don't know what if that was your, to that, but sure. What would your sidekick be, Amy? I was going to say cat as well, but I'd want like like a panther because I, I think that that would be really fun. Or I guess a, a leopard. What's the black one? panther it's not panther. a panther well no i mean <laughs> it's called a it? black panther black. no i know but it's but it isn't oh god to google <laughs> panther amy you're looking for the word panther yeah i think you mean the shadow leopard is that the one you're looking for <laughs> yeah the night tiger god <laughs> night tiger the term black panther is most frequently applied to a black coated leopard. So I guess that's what I'm it's it's a variant of leopard. So it is a leopard. That's you what I thought. Because it's not technically a panther, it's a leopard. Okay. So it's a black leopard. That's what I was trying to say. What's the difference between Thank a panther you, and a leopard? To Google. God, okay, hold on. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> on this Dear podcast, Google, we what is search the difference between a panther and a leopard? 
period. If you could reply to this quickly. The main difference between a panther and a leopard is that a panther refers to black or dark colored breeds of jaguars or leopards, whereas leopards are smaller species of the four big cats. Uh, Amy, here's totally not a rabbit hole to go down. Why don't you look up Liger and Tigan? I don't All want right. to. Let's I've get seen back them. No. Is, oh no, good. I don't like that. Anyways, I would have I would have a black panther as my sidekick because I just think they're like so sleek and beautiful mm-hmm. and really pretty, and it's a giant big black cat, and I think it'd be really fun. Except I'd want one that is like my guard, like it would be a guard for me rather than. I don't know if it's like super smart. It could be kind of dumb. That's fine. But it would it would be my protector. But does like, it, it does it have a costume? Um, uh, yeah, it's dressed up in like a little tuxedo. Like it's got a little bow tie, and then it's got little like little sleeve cuffs on its paws. Please tell me this tuxedo. The correct answer was yes. It's that pile <laughs> of shredded cloth in the corner. Oh, okay. <laughs> this entire costume, I'm guessing, is also all black, right? To keep him incognito, <laughs> so all black t- tuxedo. What? No, except except no, except for the cuffs on its little paws. That those would be white. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good. I'm not the smart one. It's fine. I just dress him. It's constantly rolling his eyes at me. It's fine. What about the cummerbund? Is that also like oh. white? No, no, no. That's a black. That would be a black like cummerbund. All right, but it would also have like slots for like daggers and stuff. Nail clippers. <laughs> So the panther could use its thumbs to grab the daggers. No, for me, I mean. Oh, okay, sorry. <laughs> no, so I, never mind. This is gone down. A, all right, cool. Well, what are some other famous sidekicks that you guys can think of that are really interesting? Because the uh, l- the two main things that I think of when I think of sidekicks are like the Disney animated movies, like all the little animals that they have, because they always have some weird animal that's always with them on all of their journeys. And then any Star Wars film, there's always a small droid with them. <laughs> You're not wrong. I get, it depends upon what you define as a sidekick and what it brings to a story. So, you know, superheroes oftentimes have sidekicks. Oh, yeah, duh. And- Jeez, yeah, what what is a sidekick so supposed to do? It maybe helps the hero while also challenging them, you know, gives them something different to worry about, but at the same time comes to their aid. I don't know. Or keeping them morally grounded. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Like moral compass. So how do those sidekicks in like the Disney animated films keep a character morally grounded? Well, I think a lot of times those sidekicks are a little bit different. They are more comical relief. They are something that can give companionship and help along, you know, sidekicks can be many different things to many different characters. I think but you usually I, I would say that a sidekick is something that sticks with a main character. Yes. Through thick and thin, so to speak. I think sidekicks, especially for Disney, have turned less into a tool for storytelling and more for a tool for marketing for the new mm-hmm. toy that they have for that sidekick. Because you see a lot of times, like in any new Star Wars product or Marvel product, it's those sidekicks don't really offer anything else to the story. They're just they feel like a carbon copy or they're there to sell. a. I was going to say tool, a freaking I can't think of it. A toy. toy. There we go. (laughs) Yeah. Which kind of sucks. A banana sticker. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Just I'm just anything. thinking of Star Wars at this point. So, it's... <laughs> Yeah, I, and I do not like sidekicks that do not need to be there. Among its many flaws, 
in The Rise of Skywalker, the ninth Star Wars movie, there was that tiny, tiny little droid that was a sidekick to BB-8, which is a sidekick. Yes. Yeah. And it was like, okay, I, I know the only reason you put this in there was exactly for what Tommy was saying. It's just to be like, oh, this is another toy that we can sell to people. And, yeah. Uh, Wasn't that J.J. Abrams who voiced that one? I don't know. It was one of like, the writers or directors or something that was like, I want to be a droid. And so they like put it in there for them. Hmm. <laughs> I feel like that's how they developed Star Wars. Yeah. The last trilogy. <laughs> <laughs> I guess when I think about the classic side kick, I, my mind immediately goes to Robin. Mm-hmm. Me too. And oh, yeah. I guess you don't really see sidekicks a lot. Because I, I feel like the portrayal of Robin in past years, those movies weren't morally gray, per se. There was there was a lot of black and white within those movies, and the sidekicks in those movies offered like a no or yes solution, not an in between solution. Mm. If you if you kind of get what I'm saying, because I I feel like modern day sidekicks, even though we don't see them a lot, if they were to offer a solution, it it's going to be in that morally gray area because that's the fun area to explore. But a lot of times. I feel like we don't see sidekicks. I feel like sidekicks become side characters, then they become main characters. There's never like a static sidekick anymore. I think with good character development, you could always have a sidekick become a main character in their own right. That's true. I, mean, yeah. I think with Robin, you kind of do that because, you know, Robin becomes Nightwing, I think. Nightwing, is it? Yeah. It depends upon, you know, which Robin, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I, I've always liked Robin as a sidekick because it brought a different view to Batman. Batman is a solo actor and all of a sudden there's now this, you know, teenager that he is taking care of and training and it becomes his, you know, he, he wants to protect this. And usually the portrayal of Robin in non TV show Batman is that he's always telling Robin, like, you can't do this back away. Like I've got this. He's the master. He's always unsure of his sidekick because he wants to protect the sidekick. So I, you know, I've, I've always enjoyed it. That's the one that I've thought of as well as Robin. I usually think of Watson and Sherlock Holmes. Oh, oh that's a good oh, one. That's a really I tend to one. jump to first. Yeah. yeah. Because with Batman and Robin, Robin kind of becomes a liability to Batman. But with Holmes and Watson, Watson is like he grounds Watson into reality. Grounds Holmes? Or Holmes into yeah, reality, yeah. yeah. Watson yeah. grounds Holmes into reality. So. You know, that I, yeah. something that I've never thought of this, but yeah, he is totally a sidekick, but he's also the narrator a lot of the times. Mm-hmm. If not all the times, I think. Mm. Which Most is of the time amazing. he is the narrator. Yeah. The story is told from his perspective. Yeah, telling your story as a sidekick you know, from a narrator's perspective is really interesting. I never thought of that. Do you think that they, a lot of times, well, I guess not recently, but do you think that they made sidekick characters as a physical form of the main character's conscious? Because it's kind of hard to explain all the internal struggles. So it's easier to have someone else to talk to and have like conversations with that person to show those internal struggles, but on an outward perspective. It is a physical manifestation of that. It becomes a very real, obvious thing, especially on film. You know, in a book, you can hear the inner monologue and it's oh, normal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Although, like with Sherlock Holmes and Watson, they were books before they ever hit the screens. I, I think it can do two things. Like, like you say, in a book, you can hear an internal monologue, but then... If a character is interacting with somebody else, you can hear how it changes. 
And so that gives mm. you a perspective of how they deal with people or, you know, friends, how that differs from what they truly think. So it yeah, maybe just gives true. more layers. Yeah, There's, because you can see how the interaction with that sidekick, that external compass, changes the direction of the internal compass. Yeah. To semi play off what you were going for, Amy, I feel like it also is um it's a tool to push the narrative along because the sidekick may be asking questions that the audience is asking. So therefore it's Oh yeah. Like I I forget what word you would use, but essentially Robin in this case, I'm gonna use Robin, he is the audience asking the questions to Batman that you don't mm -hmm. hear Batman asking internally because it's not a book, it's a movie. Yeah, that would make a lot of sense. Yeah. Instead of just a bunch of exposition, you've got it feels more natural. Yeah. For the main person to be explaining things. Exactly. Yeah. You can also have a character just collect sidekicks like Captain America in the <laughs> MCU, where it's Bucky <gasps> and then it's Natasha Falcon. and mm -hmm. yeah, Falcon at the same time. Like there's so many different Carter char side <laughs> characters oh, that yeah. he kind of collects that then also become their own characters within the universe. It's true, yeah. Yeah. It's to show they almost allude to that with the whole card collection thing in yeah. the first Avengers movie. Yeah. What about for Game of Thrones? And Liam, feel free to jump in any point. <laughs> but the Hound and Arya. Is that a sidekick main character situation? Because they both kind of feel like side characters. I, I think it, who would you say is like the sidekick? Who would you say is a main character? Or are they both sidekick main characters? Like what, thoughts? Just it, what are your thoughts? It, right, Liam, are you gonna go? Well, anybody, no, you can go. You can okay, go. I think that the Hound captured Arya basically, right? So it was not a sidekick. It was a you know I am taking you here. You're going there. But as it developed, it then turned into a sidekick like Arya was her own person with her own story but she was a sidekick of the hound for a large portion of it because of the way they developed they contrasted each other they complemented each other it was one of the more realistic relationships throughout the show even in the later seasons to me just because they both hated each other but at the same time they kind of helped each other so i kind of saw it from the perspective of Arya had always been a background character, right, in her life. And the Hound had been the sidekick to his brother. And then suddenly the Hound is promoted into the main character of that storyline. And Arya is promoted into the sidekick level. And it's both of them struggling to come to terms with these new roles that they've taken on. And you especially see that with the Hound, like from being the supporting, submissive, like I have to do what I'm told to suddenly I'm now in charge of another person and trying to figure out like how to navigate how to do that and so you get so much character development with those two because of their new roles in their lives mm. yeah that's true there i think it is cool how with those sidekicks you can get a lot of character development i mean i feel like if the sidekick is you know good because i think a lot of times a lot of people don't like sidekicks but like you're saying with Arya, with Robin, like it is really good to have those characters because it helps develop the other characters around it specifically the main character Although I guess in this case, you know, with the Hound and Arya, they are bouncing it back and forth off of each other. But you've also got like, just, nope, I'm changing subject slightly. But so I was going to say, I, I feel like the key to a, a good sidekick and just character in general is you have to 
ask questions and push these moral bounds of uh, character. Like you don't want your character to stay static. You want them to be ever changing. So you want the sidekick to at least challenge what this main character believes or how they feel so that it keeps it interesting. There's a constant flow and change to things. And I think sidekicks are are wonderful for that exact reason. Sometimes sidekicks can do the opposite, though. They're there not to help develop the main character, but to devolve them, to throw a wrench in their plans, to encourage them to do things that they never would have done before, but bad things. Yeah. Well, no, that's still, uh, yeah. see, that's still interesting to me is as long as as long as you write them right now, mm-hmm. as long as like it makes sense why this sidekick is is coming into this main character's yeah. life. And then on top of it, why they are changing them for the way they are. I, I don't mind if they're changing them for the better or for the worse, as long as that mm-hmm. change is interesting and makes sense with the story at hand. Yeah, no, so. I wasn't challenging what you're saying. I was saying, oh, no, yeah. hey, also think about it often that change is a negative and thing, I, not those a positive are the best <laughs> those, those are, are always best. so much fun yeah so I, and it's still the character devil development on the shoulder, exactly as yeah. opposed to the angel yeah i think one of the things sidekicks do really well is if you look at a traditional character arc a character arc takes a apprentice and they are if specifically i'm talking about like the hero's journey style which mm-hmm. is almost every character arc out there but you take an apprentice they have a challenge. They find a master. The master teaches them. They grow and overcome and realize they needed to change part of themselves. And then they, you know, fight the bad guy and win. What a sidekick typically does is it's introduced after the hero wins. So then the hero is no longer the apprentice. It is now learning to be a master and teach somebody else in those situations. That is also very true. <laughs> so it's a way to continue a character arc for a character that is finished, but at the same time, give it more depth and realize that they are never going to be finished doing what they want or doing, you know, growing, becoming better. So I feel like that is a really traditional way of how you bring a yeah. sidekick in or why you bring a sidekick in to, to develop original character more the next stage of the journey yeah exactly i was gonna say that if if you look at sonic the hedgehog 2 tails is now his sidekick and tails every (laughs) once in a while he's a silent silent character every once in a while he'll jump on a bad guy for you or he'll hit robotnik and so tails a really good sidekick flies a plane let's go tails so the next chapter of that sonic the hedgehog 3 where does knuckles fall in this structure of relationship isn't Knuckles bad? Was. Yes. Turns good. It's a story we will find out when Sonic the Hedgehog 2 hits theaters in a couple of months or weeks or something. I don't yeah. Know. <laughs> Wait. The first one already was out in theaters? Yeah. Yes. Uh-huh. So I watched yeah, it, it on what? I don't remember what I watched on some streaming service. And I was like, well, this is going to be a waste of two hours. And I was like, well, this wasn't that bad. It was actually kind of fun. Like if you go into it with a mentality that it's going to be bad. You'll probably have a good time. You'll be like, all right, well, I'll see what they did. Go into it with like, I'm going to laugh my butt off at how terrible this is, and you'll mm-hmm. have a great time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It had some really cheesy stuff, but it, it was So Liam it was will good. never see it. Yeah. Liam <laughs> also doesn't have the same appreciation of it that I think Mike and I would. Yeah. Because yeah. it was such a that significant is little treasure from our childhood. Plus, I really, really like Jim Carrey in it. because Jim he, Carrey's he, in this? He, yeah. Jim Carrey is Dr. Robotnik. Oh my God. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know nothing about this except they were making a movie, and I was like, this is a terrible idea. I'm not you should go watch it. He, he, yeah, goes, that's... he goes full on campy. It's pretty fun. You, you would Jim enjoy Carrey. it. See. But in the second movie, it's going to be Knuckles and Robotnik versus Tails and Sonic. Oh. So. And who is, dun, dun, who, dun. is, who is Knuckles? Idris Elba. Oh my Let god. Wait, really? Fucking yeah. go. Yes. <laughs> These guys must have nothing going on with their lives right now. Yeah. <laughs> or they have everything going on with their lives. What a great life. I always imagine like Vincent D'Onofrio as the Dr. Robotnik kind of role. Oh my gosh. Now that's yeah. that's Dark Sonic right there. Right? Yeah. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> well, you gotta remember, Robotnik is like a super smart scientist who's totally incompetent because he gets bested. By a damn hedgehog. By a hedgehog. So <laughs> his uh hubris is his downfall. Mm. I feel like that's the way with like a lot of these mad scientist people is like they're brilliant but also really stupid because they got bested by something so simple. It's because yeah. they're they're arrogant. They because they're so smart, how could they possibly fail, especially up against people whose intellect is far less superior? So what you're saying is the smarter you are, the dumber you are, and the dumber you are, the smarter you are. So basically, I'm golden. I'm a fucking genius. I think that I'm statement made me more dumb. <laughs> <laughs> no, it made you more smart, Mike. <laughs> think so what about you're it. Don't think is too to hard. You, we just need to get down to your level. But you'll never I'm, stoop I'm that low, Missy. It's true. Too I can't, I can't that. bring myself to. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. I'll always win then. Yeah. No. <laughs> at least none of us are the stupid level of a cream cheese at bagel let's go cream cheese at bagel <laughs> oh, that was so good I want another oh. well, okay but what kind of bagel was it on though it was it was plain cause I just went through my everything in blueberry face so I had to go back to good old plain Tommy have you ever tried oh, an Asiago bagel oh hell yeah I said Tommy Oh, Amy has had them. Oh, my bad. Sorry. <laughs> I don't think I have. Oh, my gosh. Asiago really bagel good. with cream cheese and Cheez-Its. You got to get oh. on. Is it cheesy cheese, oh. cream cheese? Asiago bagel yeah, is like a lunchtime cheesy bagel. Cheese, cheesy cream cheese bagel. This is the worst sidekick discussion we've ever had. <laughs> no. <laughs> Tommy, you derailed us back into bagels again. Yeah. How gosh. dare you, Tommy? I know it's better on bagels. Butter. Butter so good. Blueberry butter. I love that. Somebody mute him. Let's talk about sidekicks. I'm about to get disconnected. Mike, get on that. Disconnect? Okay, hold on. Let me see. (laughs) I mean, obviously, we've talked about Sherlock Holmes. I think that was a great example, actually. Yeah. But besides the examples that we talked about, are there any examples you can think about that are just like really good sidekick characters? There's a cartoon called Disenchantment. Oh, shit. You're right. I think they have a unique perspective on sidekicks. Instead of having one, the main character, Bean, has two. She's got Elfo, who represents, like, the angel on the shoulder. And she has Lucy, who's literally her personal demon. And is always trying to tempt her into being naughty or bad. But they aren't purely, like, good and evil. Because Lucy will also encourage her with things that make her a better person. And Elfo will throw a wrench into things because of his nature and he can't help himself. So you wind up with a lot of crossover and a lot of balancing like how to 
handle a situation from multiple perspectives and it does have that like good versus evil narrative going on but it's woven in a really intricate way between all of those different characters i watched disenchantment like once and i was like nah it's not for me usually i was gonna say not to derail us again but most animations you're not a huge fan of most animated things yeah true yeah just like the art style and that's okay animation is some of the it's like if I'm going to watch comedy, it's usually animation. Interesting. Yeah. I don't know why. But there's very little non-animated comedy that I enjoy. Every example of sidekicks that I'm like, oh, I can say this, have like superheroes or some kind of like superhuman-esque basis going around with them. And I'm trying to think of an example that isn't a superhero one. What about like Gromit? Yeah. What? You say Gromit? Wallace Gromit? And Gromit? Gromit. Oh my gosh, yeah. Oh. That there we go, coming in clutch. He it's the only words he's yeah, gonna Wallace say today is the best sidekick. He he'd probably appreciate a, a cream cheese at bagel. Oh god, Amy, no, okay. <laughs> Amy, you are so right. Yeah, wait, who is the sidekick there? So it, is it Gromit? Uh, that, uh, no, I know. I was making the joke that Wallace yeah, he's was yeah, the was, sidekick, yeah. but then I was like, wait a second, he kind of is the sidekick. Because, like, the whole story is really focused on Gromit and how Gromit's always trying to, like, help him get out of trouble or mm-hmm. date that weird redheaded lady. You're not wrong. You make a great point. We're going to need to have an in-depth discussion. Discu- you know what? I ain't even going to continue with it. I have not seen that in a very, very, very long time. Uh, it's, like, one yeah, of my earliest that. memories of seeing that with Mike. I was, like, yeah. four. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was Tommy's first time in the movie theater. And I took Aww. him to see the Wallace and Gromit movie. <sighs> Great and he, he did really, it was like an 80 minute movie, mm-hmm. but to a four-year-old that is an eternity. So he did really yeah. good for about like 60 minutes. And the last 20, he was like, gotta start wiggling, gotta start wiggling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I am now. It's kind of crazy. <laughs> no, we could <laughs> possibly agree with that. I keep thinking of sidekick characters, but I can't think of like extraordinary sidekick characters. Mm. Like you about, can definitely say that. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Liam. No, no, no. Go on. No, you. I was gonna say, what about Donkey from Shrek? Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely sidekick That's character. A good sidekick. He literally annoys Shrek to the point of saving the world. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're not wrong. You're so not wrong. Annoys wow. him to the point where this man gets his ass up to do shit. Like that's good motivation. That's a good sidekick right there. Very good sidekick. What about um, when sidekicks turn love interest or previous love interest? And my specific thought is the Indiana Jones series. Uh, Indiana Jones is Marion in Raiders of the Lost Ark, who is his sidekick kind of and previous lover and then like full lover. Well, baby mama. Yeah. Then there was short round and Temple of Doom, which we don't talk about. It's, (laughs) It's not a very good one. But then his dad, like he has a relationship with his dad that's very strained in Last Crusade, and his dad is definitely the sidekick in that like story. Mm -hmm. But you know, they really try and figure out their relationship, (laughs) and they do it in a beautiful way with Indy almost Mm -hmm. falling off a cliff. Tank battle, wonderful, wonderful father son bonding moment. (laughs) Visually demonstrate the sidekick nature by putting him in a sidecar to a motorcycle. Ooh, this is true. Oh, yeah, you're not wrong. Damn. So that's good. And then that I think actually that might be a really good example of a sidekick because they fight back and forth, but they mm-hmm. need each other. And then, you know, you think Indy is the 
perfect, clever hero, but then his dad can save him by just getting an umbrella and attacking birds. Like some yeah. stuff surprises him about his father still. So as a, a sidekick, it does, you know, help his character. He gives in the direction like and kind of forces its hand like no we have to do this and here's why you're not thinking about the bigger picture yeah in several instances it's kind of funny because i guess i mean we don't get to explore the character arc with indy's dad as much as i'm about to say but i feel like indy's dad probably goes from sidekick to hero in his own life back to sidekick in indy's life Mm. which is pretty cool oh yeah yeah well i like when stories do that sort of challenge where it's like somebody of a different age challenges the opposite age where like if the main character is an older person and they're challenged by a younger person because you can still learn from them or in this case where Indy is a younger person but is still challenged by an older person and I I like that juxtaposition I think is the word maybe not of you're always learning from everybody no matter how old or young or big or small or purple or green or whatever they are you're always constantly learning well it's like I know, there's a first are you learning from barney up oh. <laughs> yeah bro <laughs> um, you ain't learning from barney i don't know where you at i think that's pretty common narrative to do like the parent child relationship especially mm-hmm. adult child and even building on that with the strained relationships for whatever reason where they're forced into a or they're put in a situation where they're forced to rely on each other but for different reasons and through that they wind up repairing or at least working on the relationship and coming to appreciate and respect the other person in ways that they hadn't previously understood well as i say two pretty good disney examples oh crap i can't think of the one uh the one with <laughs> tom i it literally was just in my mind two examples ago. one of them so. i can't think of Shit. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. oh it's it's in pixar isn't it someone else talk national treasure nick cage and his father have a strained relationship oh yeah and they're forced together and have to work together to get it's out a modern day indiana jones mm-hmm. <laughs> see i would yeah. say that the sidekick in that is a little bit more of the uh i don't remember his name in national treasure yeah the comic relief sidekick yeah you know yeah he's definitely the comic relief but from like a parent adult oh, okay, child okay, yeah, situation yeah. the the father-son relationship there and then say, in the second movie the mother-son yeah and the mother-father there's like a whole <laughs> trifecta of damaged relationships and his estranged girlfriend all the relationships all in these it. movies are damaged and they're all forced to deal with them so <laughs> i was gonna say previously onward was the movie i was thinking about where oh yeah dogs. i actually think no. the big brother is no. the sidekick Oh, yeah, he oh, absolutely is. Yeah. Yeah. The big brother is a sidekick, but he's so integral to the entire story. <laughs> like, he it's... is a main character that's a, star- a sidekick. Onward is a Pixar movie. Oh, that is that the one where, like, they're in, like, a they're fantasy. Orcs? Yeah. Ogres? Orcs? Or something? Oh, no. that's not right. But it's... yeah, they're in a fantasy world. There's, like, no humans. Yeah, no humans. Magic is faded from the world, and it's now a very standard human society with like mythical creatures and stuff in it so hmm. i yeah. y- you'd probably really like it missy tommy it's- recommended it on this podcast actually to mm-hmm. uh me and i was like oh, okay yeah i'll uh i'll go ahead and watch it and aaron and i watched it it was pretty good it's one of my favorite pixar movies mm-hmm. now on top of that another pixar movie i think up up's a pretty yeah, pretty good movie sidekick character pixar does <laughs> a really like, good no. job of <laughs> everything no, i don't but, like it i yeah. want it get out of here 
don't like up because it's sad. That's that's what was happening right there. It's not sad. It's only sad in the first 15 minutes. And I can't yeah. get past five minutes in. <laughs> uh, that's the best 15 minutes. Yeah. I really want to see. Is that, is that a Disney movie? Up, yes. Okay. Up is Pixar again, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. Disney. But, up and onward. Okay. But there's different. Up and things. onward. Oh, my god. Onward gosh. and up. Onward and up. There you go. Okay, I have my homework assignment. Well, cool. With that homework assignment, actually, everyone should watch Onward. Let's all watch Onward again. Let's talk about it in depth next time. (laughs) That'd be fun. It's a side quest. (laughs) No? Okay. (laughs) Well, anyways, thank you for joining us today, guys. We really, really appreciate it. beautiful. Taking all your time and listening to us weirdos. And we hope you really enjoy the shenanigans. And we would love to hear from you. What are some say, favorite sidekick combos that you really enjoy? And uh, who would you want as your sidekick? Whether it's crazy animal in a dumb tuxedo or a crashing panda into trash cans. Mm. So you can reach us at Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and Reddit. We are 1L2N Productions. And if you like what we're doing, you want to help show your support, you can head on over to our Patreon, and that would be much appreciated. And the last word of the day goes to... I don't know where my dice went. You're not prepared. I'm not prepared. Give me one second. Come on, you have like a thousand dice. <laughs> not a, not so a one, thousand. two, three, four, five hundred. Five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fourteen. Tommy, it's take it away. Forever. Ladies and gentlemen, I just want everyone to work out. And the reason why I want everyone to work out is because it is literally, it's the best thing in the universe. It's not just good for your physical health, but it's very good for your mental health. You're going to feel more productive. You're going to feel like you're going to have tons of energy. You're going to feel happier with yourself. It is so good for your mental health and people forget about that so much. So I encourage everyone, even if it's just a simple, like I'm going on for a half a mile walk, please work out. It is so great. It is so much fun. Please do it. Thank you. Goodbye. I love you. (laughs) 